0: Uh, this is
1: your boy, Kalen Moorhead. Hey, this is Cameron Luck, how you guys doing? I'm trying to out on Zoom now, so you guys can see us, so this is cool. Hey, wanted to give you guys a little bit of a video component, if
0: we could. Your Hawks flag is down in the background. You know, the Hawks, the Hawks are always down, okay? I, there's a reason we did not make it into the bubble. is <laughs> <So. laughs> it the bubble near Atlanta or in Atlanta? I think it's in Orlando. Oh, it's okay. It's, it's not. Really, so,
1: I just remember I saw a report the other day about Lou Williams going to Magic City um, instead of being in the bubble, and I was like, "Is it in Atlanta?" But I, I thought it—that was, I, I
0: it, was that was exceptional. That was exceptional. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that cool. being said, whatever. So, uh, as far as yeah, our topic today is how to break into the UX industry, and not why Lou Williams has his own name brand <laughs> wings at Magic City. <laughs> <The> Williams wings. <laughs> <laughs> Lou Wings. Get your little <laughs> pebble Lou Wings. Uh, oh, man. That's a whole I'm just going term. to only refer to him as Lou Wings from now on. <laughs> Lou He's Wings. take a flight wings. for
1: sure. Air Lou. Okay. <laughs> what are we going to talk about today? Uh, yeah,
0: today's topic is how to break into the UX industry. Okay. Um, so, you know, this is coming, I think, at a really important and interesting time, um, you know, with the pandemic going on, mm-hmm. things being in full swing, people are really trying to like, you know, figure out how they can go into new different industries. And, right. you know, I won't say that like everybody's gonna be able to make it into the UX industry right now, but I wanna help anybody who is trying to make that course correction, that path. I want to recognize my own privilege on that one. <laughs> it's right. like, you know, I Unfortunately, I don't make the, you know, job rec, so I can't tell them not to, I can't always tell them not to, you know, require degrees, but I always advocate for things like that when we can. However, the point being, we want people to get into this industry and we want a lot of different, uh, diverse opinions and voices right. here. So we want to try and help y'all out with that. today. Cool.
1: Yeah, I think there's a lot of different ways this can go and I can see this not being the only conversation about this. No. Uh, yeah, this might be a whole series of conversations, but... Cool. I think one of the things to to kind of start with is I can give you a little background of like where we can give you background of where we are today. Cause like we're both uh, designers. We've been in the industry a while. I I would say it's been almost eight years now um, that I've been in the industry. I am a manager. I do sit on job bricks sometimes. So I think I can give you a little bit of insight to like what's normally being looked for and things like that. Uh, It definitely applies differently between um, levels, right? Like if you're, breaking into the industry, there's a lot of different uh, things that we're looking for than if you've been a senior designer for a long time. And I think my biggest advice just right off the bat, and this is not a quote that I came up with, but there's some quote that I saw years ago that says, don't compare your start to somebody else's finish. And I'm like, that's the biggest issue I see with um, designers trying to break into the industry. Like I actually teach designers and mentor designers and teaching a portfolio class now trying to help people get into the industry. Right. And I'm like, the, the hard thing is it's not bad to like, look for role models or emulate like senior designers. Right. But right. if you're a junior designer and you're looking to break in an industry and you're trying to make a case study or, or position yourself like a senior designer, you might actually be showing the wrong things. You might be, um, overselling yourself when someone's not looking for that. So like, I think some of the the things to just keep in mind up front, um, as someone that has been a hiring manager and been on a lot of design hiring loops is uh, you don't have to go beyond your means. You don't have to stretch and make it look like you've done more than you did. It really comes down to you showcasing what you did, what you know how to do. Mm -hmm. And that's it. It's that's really what it comes down to. I'll go into more detail later on, but like, what are some of your initial thoughts too, Kalen?
0: Yeah, I would say uh, I kind of emulate that, that belief because a lot of what people are trying to figure out from the beginning is just what makes up you as a designer, what makes up your right. skill set, what makes you special and sets you apart as a designer. Um, and in the early stages of your career, that's really what it's about. It's about sort of uh, to a degree being able to like brand yourself. And I you know, I'm a person who really shines in these areas because I have a passion for this thing or I really love to do this kind of work for this reason. And really, you know, being able to speak to that and then showing just your own process uh, is a big part of that. And, you know, coming in at a junior level, people just want to know. That this person has like the basic core skill set that they know yeah, what yeah. to do. So that way when I tell them, hey, we gotta, you know, work on these a couple flows, or we gotta work on this particular feature and come up with something new that I can basically leave you in front of a chalkboard uh, it yeah. right. You'll sketch the hell out of this thing. It's a chalkboard and a ruler. And if you <laughs> drop the wrong wireframe, we're <laughs> smacking
1: your hand. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like,
0: be careful for typhoid. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I think that's really what um, getting into the industry is about is just building and showing off those fundamental skills and just being able to show that in your portfolio.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good segue because I think we can break this down into a couple of different um, tactics that you can use um, mm-hmm. and we can just go from there. So I think that's what Cael was saying. Let's talk about branding and this like personality thing first and we could talk about process and then we'll move into some other things that will help you with like interviewing. Mm-hmm. So I think like upfront, the thing that I, every every student I've ever talked to or someone I've mentored is always concerned with branding. They're like, "Oh, how do I brand myself? How do I make sure I stand out from the crowd?" And I think the thing that's like so interesting about that is the way people think of that. They think that they have to like do all this visual stuff on their website to make themselves be branded, and they so they have their own font, their own. Yeah, own they're font. like, "Oh, I gotta go redesign my website. I gotta make it like look different." That's what branding is to them. Mm. And to me, what I always explain to people is, I'm like branding is really going to come out in how you explain things, what your approach was, what Mm -hmm. you did and didn't do. It actually applies a lot to the process things you're talking about. Like the thing you mentioned a second ago too, is like, Hey, I'm a designer that really loves doing these things. And I solve problems in this way. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The majority of designers actually probably all designers are not skilled in every single aspect of design. And the thing I always tell people to do is say, Hey, pick two, of the skill sets from the design pillars, mm-hmm. there's like this image on online of like the design umbrella, and it's like, oh, here's interaction design, here's wireframing, here's information architecture, here's research, here's content kind of strategy, right? So, like, pick that umbrella and like pick any two, right? That, and I always tell people two things. I was like, hey, focus on the one you love the most. Like, hey, mm-hmm. when you're doing the design process, what's the one you love the most? I love prototyping. I love interaction design. Those are my right. things. Right. Right. And then what's the one you really skilled at? And those might be the same thing. But I'm like, if they're not the same thing, um, then you have your two. You're like, hey, right. I'm really skilled at visual design, even though I don't like doing it. And then I really love um, information architecture. Great. Right. There's, those are your two skills. Position yourself that way. Just like mm-hmm. was saying, hey, I really love solving problems with deep understanding of information architecture and data structuring. And I also then polish that off with visual skill sets. That's your branding. Mm-hmm. And then whenever you go into your case studies and you start talking about it, Tell like shrink the stuff that's not your, your strengths mm-hmm. and expand the stuff that are your strengths. So start telling me about how you approach the information architecture differently. Tell mm-hmm. me how you apply visual styling to simplify those things. If mm-hmm. those are your strengths, right? Mm-hmm. For me, my two are always, I'm a user experience designer that really loves prototyping, um, interaction design and research, right? So on my portfolio, you'll go through and you'll see all these weird research tactics I use. Mm-hmm. and You'll see everything animated mm-hmm. because I want to show my interaction focus and things mm-hmm. like that. And I think interaction design and and research tie really closely. It's like, Hey, the thing I prototype immediately gets tested and then it changes the next prototype. So it helps this iteration loop, which I think it helps me show that as well. But I'm like anybody that is starting as a designer, try not to focus your branding on a visual element, unless one of your things under the umbrella is the visual portion Yes, and try to focus your branding on how you tell your story, how you approach problems and what you did do differently um, than normal. And that will start showing how you as an individual can help solve problems for Mm -hmm. my company, the hiring person. Right. So
0: I don't know if you have anything else there, but yeah. Well, yeah, I would just say that I think the point that you're speaking to about like, your branding not being a visual thing is not it's right. not the font, the logo, the color or whatever, and commissioning all those things. It's really your branding needs to be about like your mind, your brain, how does pers- it work? Yeah, personal. Like, just it's 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 literally about you. How do you work? How do you solve things? How do you think? And being able to show that off in your design process in your portfolio. That is what sets you apart as a designer, right? right. Um, and so, again, it's really just one of those things that, like, it speaks to your core competency and ability to do the job. Um, you know, I've seen people who have so just the most beautiful looking websites, who have great mocks, who have like all these cool things that they kind of show off. But it's like, but you didn't show me any of your process. You didn't show right, me how right. you led to this, and you didn't, you know. Honestly, you didn't put any of it together in a story in a compelling way. Sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, Because that is a huge part of the job, too, is being able to like boil it down to the essentials, bring it together and show that to people. And, you know, by you being able to do that and convince me as, you know, someone on a design loop or an interview loop that you're someone worth uh, hiring to this company, if you're able to do that, then I know you're good enough to do this job. (laughs) Right, right. I think you made a good point because, like,
1: a lot of what you just said is about communication. Concise, clear communication because mm-hmm. that's essentially solving my problem as a hiring manager. So, like, then you're showing that you can solve problems again. Mm-hmm. Then I think the other thing you just said is like, and the thing I advise all the time is, don't let me read your case study and start asking why. Like what you just said is like, hey, I've seen all these beautiful portfolios, you know, go through, and you kind of didn't know or understand what problem they were solving or if they were solving a problem whatsoever. Like, if I get to the end of the case study and I can't tell if you solved the problem, that's a no hire. I said no, no phone screen, no forward, nothing. Like if I don't even know what the problem is, I'm like, this person's not a UX designer, (laughs) you know? I'm like instantly, like this person is not solving problems. They're just using design. I think it's really important to understand that the difference between like user experience design and -hmm. other types of design is not the methods you use. You can use the (laughs) same methods and be a 10 different types of designers. Yeah. It's the fact that you're solving a problem and, and solving it in a way that's user centered. And I'm like, that's what people don't understand. They'll go out and do all these uh, deliverables that are equivalent to user experience deliverables, but they're not in the same mindset. Thus, it's not the same product and it's not the same result, which doesn't make you a user Mm -hmm. experience designer, right? So that's the Mm -hmm. difficult part. But I think that actually opens up kind of the discussion that we're talking about, the process. So like, Mm -hmm. that's, I think it's an important piece, right? Like, if you're not, the whole thing about the design process that we're talking about—it's called the user-centered design process. If you don't use a user-centered process, are you a user experience designer?
0: No, in my opinion.
1: But <laughs> I, I mean,
0: I don't think it's really an opinion. I think it's a rhetorical. You know, like, it's like you I know, think. I don't let me speak out of turn too much. But, you know, <laughs> if, if I it if is I. Okay. <laughs> if i can really relate to anything you know going back to the whole star trek thing from earlier i yeah. it, it it's like in it, it just like coming up with a nice pretty metaphor to wrap all this around it's like it's like we're scientists like yeah but we're that's really it is like it's scientific being, method for sure it's it's just it's scientific method in a different setting it's right. just taking that same sort of sense of there's an issue there's a problem there's something that we need to investigate on there's something that we need answers around and we think that if we can do this it can give us some answers on how to like make something better like, right to the, solve yeah. a problem
1: this is why it really like gets on my nerves when there's certain companies that list design as a non-technical role like the majority of companies I've worked at design has been a technical role it doesn't mean that you're engineering but it's That's the same process that engineers use. Like I was literally watching my daughter watch this little uh, video on her little tablet the other day. And they were saying, engineers, they come up with multiple solutions. They test and iterate through their problems. I'm Like that is literally what designers do. That's why it's a technical role, but that's a whole nother soapbox for a whole nother day. (laughs) (laughs) But essentially, uh, dust it off for later. Yeah, but it's, that's right. The process that you're talking about is very scientific and you're actually trying to measure things and, and use metrics to push the design forward, and even some of the metrics are qualitative, mm-hmm. some of the metrics are quantitative, that is scientific, you're, you're yeah. looking at, and the thing, I say this a lot, so you guys have probably already heard me say this on this podcast, this isn't your first time listening, but mm-hmm. design is about behavior change. When it comes down to user experience design, it's about behavior change. And if you can't quantify mm-hmm. the behavior change, it's, How
0: do you validate that your design works or not? It's 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 like if you can't convince somebody to do the idea, like no one's gonna do the idea. That's it. Right, that's right. simple. It's right. like don't just show up to the don't just show up and be like, yeah, we gotta change everything. You're like why? Because <laughs> Because right. what? I said so. If you don't get out of my face, <laughs> what? <laughs> that's what the response is gonna be. So. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think uh kind of when it comes to like presenting and positioning yourself to, to break into the industry, right? Mm-hmm. The the thing that we're looking for, and Kayla mentioned this earlier, was around branding and process of what you're talking about. Yeah. Branding is really something that's more secondary. It's we're really more looking at how you solve problems, right? And then like if you're someone that kind of aligns personally with the team, that's a plus. But it's like, what is your brain? That's kind of what Kayla was saying. What is your mm-hmm. brain? Secondary, it's like, do you follow this process? we are you a scientist? This is essentially right. what we're getting at. And it's pretty easy to understand if someone's a scientist. A scientist isn't somebody that wears a lab coat. It's somebody that follows a particular process and gets to certain solutions, right? So I think that is literally the way that we're analyzing and measuring designers. So what we'll do is we'll go through your case study or your portfolio or whatever you have you, and we'll look at it, and we'll look for very specific things. We'll want to look for what was your problem because you can't start scientifically testing something without a problem or opportunity statement. Mm-hmm. So we want to see, Hey, what was the problem that you're really trying to solve here? Or what was the opportunity that you're looking to, uh, to iterate on? Right. Mm-hmm. We want to see then the design process, right? So this one sounds really basic, but I don't think everyone understands what we mean when we say the design process, but we want to see is something very particular. We want mm-hmm. to see this scientific method. Mm-hmm. The thing, just like scientists, designers will use their process in different ways for different problems at different times and I think the thing that is unclear to people is that they think they have to run through the whole process always or that they only have to do parts of the process always neither is accurate we're actually when when you were talking to branding and how you solve the problem we're looking at what pieces of the process you chose to use and not to use to solve this problem and why mm-hmm. so for instance there's you have the four Ds of design, right? Like the discovery definition, the design delivery, right? Mm-hmm. There's so many things that could happen in all those phases. And you might even cut some of those phases entirely because you timelines or, or other reasons, resources, right? whatever. Yeah. Resources. We want to know why we want to know how and we want to know what happened. And the thing that I think people struggle with a lot of the time is they don't understand that it's important to tell mm-hmm. us the, the nitty gritty things to like, Hey, yeah, one of the best things I can see on a design portfolio is, hey, we started down this direction. We we did some discovery. We did some low fidelity things, some sketches, wireframes, whatever. We started testing, or maybe we didn't even start testing. Maybe we started showing them internally, mm-hmm. and then some challenge came up that you didn't know about. Mm-hmm. Oh, and we had to pivot the whole project. If you can show me that, and you can pivot your designs, and then do something else, and then take them from a lower fidelity, validate those things, and go into a higher fidelity, and deliver it, and then show me that what I said before—the measurement. Show me how you quantified it and measured it. Mm -hmm. That is all we're looking for. It's like, cool, great. We see that you can solve problems, that you can pivot. You can come up with multiple solutions and you can deliver something in high, lower and high fidelity, get it delivered. And it has impact. That's all we're looking for. And that's what we mean by process. You could take any type of deliverable and apply it to that construct and it will work. It's not the deliverables that we're looking for. It's not. It's the no. thought process and how this thing evolved over time and why. Can't
0: crack open your skull like Zeus and let Athena emerge from it. <laughs> what? Okay. There's your, there's your ancient Greece like uh, his, uh, mythology for you today. Okay, <laughs> birthing goddesses in the midst
1: of this discussion. <laughs> this-
0: yeah. <Yo. laughs> It's something that I want to get into. Uh, You said some stuff that I want to get into on another episode uh, about like star format questions, but um, specifically you said you said something about like um, being able to show like the nitty gritty. And I think one of the things that I also want to say uh, as far as like when you are interviewing is making sure that you like if you can speak to parts of your project where you had to make like big changes, something changes, some restraint, some uh, excuse me constraint. Um, so restraint Restraint. <laughs> you you know, all have to show straight. restraint in the midst of so restraint. many discussions. <laughs> Restraints, ain'ts, baints, whatever. Like, uh, taints too. So, anyway... <laughs> Just, yeah, you had to sense of that one anyway um, <laughs> but yeah if you're able to like show that you're you can adapt to the situation too that's all the better so just feel free right. to like include that kind of stuff in your answer yeah i don't
1: think it's it, uh, like the thing that people don't realize is a lot of the things we look for are intangibles like like what you're saying how did you think through these things how are you flexible how did you work with your stakeholders that's another one like who was on the team how did you communicate with them how did you make decisions together and move forward? Like. Those things aren't anywhere in the design process deliverables checklist. It's just like, okay, how did you actually manage this? How did you work with people? How did you get this launched? Because there's so many things that get lost in the midst of trying to get something out the door. There's concessions. Everybody has to make concessions. Everyone's always scared to show a design. because, like, oh, it's not the best designer or uh, this isn't really what I wanted. Did it launch? And then you can tell us what concessions you had to make. On my portfolio, I always have like, here's what I was trying to do. Here's what the vision was. Here's the concessions we had to make. And here's why. Here was the constraint. Here was the business uh, concern. Here's the risk we found out. And then here's new things we did design that I liked that worked well for those other problems that we didn't know about, right? It's like, there's always other things and other people are involved. And if you try to present a design in a way that's like, oh, this is from my head and had nothing to do with anyone else, you're likely not going anywhere with that. This man all literally my, just went black. <laughs> all, my,
0: all my uh home smart home routines just gang up on me right now and cut off all my electricity. So, hold on. That's back, hilarious. Man. Echo, turn off all the lights. <laughs> Echo, turn the lights off. <laughs> <laughs> don't make me don't make me come over there, all right? Well, yeah, I think so as far as interviewing goes, you know, I think the big point to the big take one of the big takeaways I would take that I would get from this is um think about who's hiring you Mm -hmm. if you're a good ux designer you should be able to (laughs) ace an interview because you should be able to think about (laughs) your user in this case your future manager you should be able to put yourself in their mindset and say what are the kinds of questions that they're going to grill me on Mm -hmm. and i need to be able to answer those so if you're going through your case study you need to be able to say I would ask someone questions about this. I wouldn't just let someone give a pass on this thing. It's like, I want to know, why'd you stop doing that one thing and decide to go with this thing? Why, you know, what about this design is better than that design? What piece of information did you learn and why is that important? How does that help you solve the freaking problem that you started out on? (laughs) Right.
1: I think one of the things that I always hear is like... um, People have a hard time presenting because they don't know what to present. And sometimes it's really difficult. Like I get in situations where like some of the projects are too big and I'm like, I don't know what to show. There's so many things to show. But I, I'll give you a couple tips here. It's like, number one, I think you mentioned storytelling. Like tell us a, a, a cohesive story. Normally, even if stuff didn't linearly happen, it's good to tell it in a linear fashion. So we talked earlier about the four D's of design, you know, like uh, discovery definition and things like that. Try to tell it in that way. Sometimes you'll be down the road on a design or you'll start with a design because someone said, hey, let's do some mock-ups and then kick back to discovery. Just tell it linearly and it's normally fine. Um, the other thing I'd get at is exactly what Kalen was saying. like, There's going to be questions. People are going to know why, how. Something that um, you should show is show alternates. Like, what are some other alternatives that you tried? Um, you don't show all of them, just pick a couple of them. What people normally say to, to show your alternates is what is a design or a piece of data that you did or that you received that helped you get to the next step? Those are mm-hmm. the ones that you should show. So like mm-hmm. if you did some sketches and helped you iterate to the next step, show those. If you tested and you got certain information, your research might have 40 pages of results, but show us the five results that got you to the next step, right? What did you distill mm-hmm. from it and get to the mm-hmm. next step? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really about how did you go from step to step to step, not how did you do everything, right? if you're going to want to show some of those branding elements, you can speak deeper into things that may not have questions where it's like, Hey, I want to really show that I did this research and you can say, Oh, you know what? I actually conducted this research. I wrote this research plan. I recruited these people. I was looking for these particular things and I wrote these questions in these ways to support these business goals. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's how you can frame those things. If you want to go deeper into certain things that people may not assume that you did. Right. But like, um, the last tip is make it very clear what you did and others did. So I actually struggle with this a lot because I don't speak this way. The way I was taught was like, hey, if you're going to speak kind of to be a leader, you, you include everyone. Like you kind everyone of say we. Who's part yeah. Of yeah. You have I to say I exactly for right. everything. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Everyone kind of struggles with this in, in design because we're a little bit more like trying to involve people and be <laughs> empathetic. All this damn
0: inclusive behavior. <laughs> you
1: yeah. have to say, I did this. This is what I did. Or people literally in debrief when they're talking about you, they'll be like, oh, I don't know if Kalen did this work or not. Like he said, we did it. Um, who, who actually did these sketches? Yeah. And then if you want to, if it's ways to like, if it helps you tell the story, you can pull in sketches or ideas from mm-hmm. other designers and just credit them. Say, yeah. hey, you know, um, on this process, I, I ran a workshop. Um, part of this design sprint was we all came up with sketches. Here's sketches mm-hmm. from some of the other mm-hmm. designers. Here's the ones that I did. We came together. Here's what the ideas were. I executed on the prototype. I took it from here. Like explain it that way so we understand what you did and what you contributed to the project. Um, right. Even if it's small, that's okay. Um, use it to frame the story and go forward. And I think the last thing that I'll say, especially to more like earlier budding designers, I've, I've spoke with a lot of people that are in different places here. When you're talking about your role, talk about the role you want to get. So mm-hmm. like, even if on the project, you were like, oh yeah, you know, I really was more in the research role on this project. You still probably contributed to some of the design. Mm-hmm. How, what are the design things you did tell me hey I was a even if you supported the design you can say hey you know what I was I was a, one of the designers on this project I supported the design in these ways I helped with sketches and wireframing I also did the research mm-hmm. tell me you were a designer on the project don't tell me you're a researcher because then I think oh you want to be a researcher mm-hmm. you know like even if
0: that was your primary role on the project this comes you're down to selling to be a yourself designer. just call yourself you got to kind of call yourself a designer mm-hmm. and it's, fake it till you make it I was gonna that's exactly what i was <laughs> gonna say it's a very fake it till you make it sort of mentality and it's like and the same thing i think I, with the like saying we versus i, I that's a weird muscle you just got to train and it's like when i went through my most recent round of like interviews i had to get myself back into doing that because it, it's just so in our nature uh, I, I think and we're just like It's a cultural thing. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I'm just trying to say we instead of I if multiple people are involved. But it it is a cultural thing, but that's what gets into. Even when multiple people aren't involved, I feel like I normally get,
1: fall into a trap of saying like we. Mm Because like, and It's like on a lot of projects, like I got this feedback all the time internally from like managers. They were like, oh, you did like 90% of this. And you said like, we did it. I was like, yeah, because like they contributed a little bit to it. And I want to give everybody credit. Like, I feel like that helped us get to the the end goal. But he's like, you did almost everything. He's like, you're going to have to learn how to talk about what you did. If you even like for promotion, that's what my manager was talking about. But I'm sitting here like, I don't know. I don't know if Mm -hmm. I'm ever gonna do that because I feel like if you're trying, like, there's a, I guess there's like a time and a place to give credit to everyone, and there's Mm -hmm. a time and a place to say like what you did, and in the Mm -hmm. midst of an interview, it's a time and a place to
0: say what you did. Okay, that's it. That's that's really it. And so, uh, yeah, I think I had something else I was gonna say, and it totally slipped my mind. And it's (laughs) kind of It usually is, but it's all good. (laughs) But um. Just to say, yeah, saying I is like, or actually no, saying we isn't bad when you are working with other people. Um, and in fact, if you lay it out the right way, it conveys that you can work with other people and that you're right. good on the team. And so like in my, you know, past projects I've talked about, it's like, oh, I sat down with the visual designer so we could, you know, come up with like final mocks. I put input in on the design part of it because we didn't have time to go through regular wireframes, and I did this. I told him this. I said we should move this here and do it this way, and he advised on like the visual aesthetics of it. Right, and we came up with mocks. Ta-da. Wow. that's it.
1: That makes sense, and then that kind of shows how you work together and what you were doing and what they were doing. Right, right. that's a really good way to go about it because that's one of the things we're measuring too. Is like how did you work on the team and you are part of the team, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, this is really more about you. And there'll be questions around like, how did you work with a team? Mm-hmm. What were the decisions that you had to make? How did you make decisions together? Those mm-hmm. are the type of things that you're, you're gonna hear as well as like the, the age old question in every interview is, what's one thing you would do differently oh if you were able to go back and do this? And then another one is, what is a design decision you would change if you were able to go back and do this? So if you prep mm-hmm. for those kind of answers, it's normally pretty easy. And kind of what I was mentioning earlier around like, everyone wants to present the design that they, they thought was like the best one or the vision, there's always a chance for that. Like people always ask you, what would you do differently? Or what is a decision you could have mm-hmm. changed? You just say, hey, I had this other design. I, I think it was better. I didn't have time to test it, but this is what it did. Mm-hmm. Or you could even show it if you have it. Um, there's a time and a place to show those things. So you don't have to do it in the presentation if you don't right. want right. either. Um, but yeah, I think that's probably it for this um, topic. So I once again, this is very lightweight Mm-hmm. This is a really deep topic. There's tons of things here. so We have to people.
0: restrain ourselves some. We have to <laughs> restrain and constrain ourselves.
1: Yeah. Yes. So I'm sure. <laughs> All the strains. If you, guys have, if you guys have any questions about this or you want us to talk more about this, feel free to like leave anything in the comments. We'll respond to you and we'll get back to you quickly. Or we'll have another topic about this and maybe even have some of you guys on and ask us questions Yeah, or, or things like that.
0: Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Love to hear from you guys. And uh, we got some other great topics heading your way soon. So, yeah, thanks so much for joining us today. Um, I'm Cameron. I'm Kaelin. And uh, see y'all later.